You've created your business and now it's time to protect it. Whether it's your podcast, speaking engagements that you do virtually or live on in-person stages or the community that you've built, you want to make sure that what you've created is taken care of and well protected. This is where AWB contract templates come in. They're customizable, quick and easy to complete and cost a fraction of working with a lawyer one-on-one. They have tons of options available so you can choose the ideal one for your business needs. It's an instant download. You get a Word doc template, you fill in the blanks and in about 20 minutes, you're all done. Visit pauseontheplay.com forward slash contracts today to pick out your new business contracts. And when you check out, be sure to use the code play for 20% off your contract purchase. That's P-L-A-Y in all caps for 20% off. Protect your business with AWB contract templates. So is it just me or has the word influencer, the title influencer gotten a little uncomfortable? Hmm. Well, if you are finding yourself feeling more comfortable with the phrase content creator instead, this episode is probably for you. But something I'm really noticing is that more and more influencers are shifting their title to content creator, not because that's what they identify with more or how they want to call themselves or how they witness themselves in the world, but because there seems to be their shift happening where the phrase influencer has a bit of a negative connotation to it. When you're pitching yourself for things, when you are putting, um, a description of yourself on social media, and so on. And I wonder what might be contributing to this. Might we have already defined influencer and the incorrect way socially, culturally for too long, attaching it to buying things and capitalism and so much else. And we've forgotten that being an influencer or an influencer as a title, as an identity, is someone who is influential. You know, Erica Corday's child says it so eloquently that an influencer is someone who is influential. You know, leave it to a kid <laughs> to simplify so much. But yet I feel like as a culture, we've forgotten that. So in this episode, I want to really revisit that. And I think one way that we can embody being influential is through behavior modeling. So we're going to be talking about what is behavior modeling in the first place, right? What is that? And how do we do that? What is that like in real life? You're going to witness in this episode, Erica and I doing some stage setting. It's something that's so important to us to lay out, you know, here's what's going to happen. I'm literally doing this right now as I'm talking. (laughs) of what you can expect before you go into something. And to part of stage setting is making sure we're all on the same page, that we're all coming from shared understanding. One way to do that is having shared definitions because words like influencer can mean so many things to so many people. 
um, words like behavior modeling or phrases like behavior modeling can as well. And so we're going to define that for you. You're going to witness us behavior modeling pausing to go deeper into stuff or to tease out something a little bit further that was mentioned. And you're going to get some real examples in this episode of what behavior modeling is and like really in our lives, (laughs) in real life, not made up examples or business world examples, which are great too, but we're going to give you the real thing. You're listening to Flaunt Your Fire. I'm your host, India Jackson, and today I am recording on the stolen land of my brother's ancestors, to Piscataway people. This land is known to many as the state of Maryland, United States of America. And today I am being joined by my best friend, the co-founder of Pause in the Play, and just someone that is so, so important to me. You know, often I call Erica my my sister by choice, <laughs> even though not by blood. But you're going to get to kind of dig in with Erica Corday and I about behavior modeling and about some decisions that we've made for ourselves recently and how that played into how we're influencing other people um, as a way to think about influence a bit different for yourself. I just want to like dig right on in. So let's get the show started. Thank you so much for being here with me today, Erica. Of course. It is always my pleasure. So um, hey, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad to have you back. And I know that we have a very fire conversation on our hands. So I'd like to just dig right on in. Yes, please. (laughs) So we've talked quite a bit about, you know, behavior modeling. And it's something that I think for me personally has been on my radar to really embody that and be aware of where am I doing that. And maybe where am I behavior modeling something that I don't want to behavior model intentionally over the last few years? Um, I know we both believe that behavior modeling can showcase your values literally through your actions. Like it may not even, there's the explicit piece and there's, you know, writing things down and pasting on a site and talking about it. But there's also like literally carrying out our values and our actions and behavior modeling is one way to do that. Um, I know that a lot of our conversation today is going to be talking about that. And so it's important to both of us and one way that we behavior model is establishing shared definitions and meanings before we go into a conversation. So would you mind sharing with us what does behavior modeling mean to you? So right now for me, And I wanted to preface it that way because I am somebody that is very prone to feeling a way about something right now. And if you ask me again later today, tomorrow, it it may shift because I try to be very conscious in what happens around me and how that impacts me. Not because I don't have strong feelings on things, but I'm always open to learning and expanding what I know. So as of now, the way that I process and demonstrate behavior modeling is the fact that it is an action that I am literally demonstrating, okay? And I'm I'm demonstrating a desired action or a mindset or a concept or a way of being that I seek to have others adopt in large or small ways. 
And I say adopt because it's something that I want people to to think that, hey, this could be for me. This could be beneficial to me. This could be beneficial to those that I am of support to, those that I have access to, those that I influence. So it's really being open to, you know, thinking or feeling or doing something that you hope someone else is willing and able and capable of being influenced by. Mm, So powerful. When you share that definition, I wonder, um, you know, if you can think of some ways that you personally have experienced or um, strive to behavior model. (laughs) Um, So like me as like Erica the human, you want me to give you a personal one? I can give you one. I want your humanity before you go into the work. Please. Ooh, I like it. I like it lots. Okay. So from a humanity perspective, I want to acknowledge um, here in the Baltimore area, it's starting to get warm most days, not all days, but most days. And so clothes are starting to change. And I have been somebody for quite a while that's always really liked boots and scarves and cardigans. And like, I love the layering of pieces. And so when it starts to get warm, I'm like, oh, I got to start having less clothes on unless I'm trying to be sweating my behind off. And so (laughs) I can feel a way about that sometimes. Um, I'm a curvy girl. um, And even with, um, you know, being active or exercising or any of those kinds of things, regardless of how much I do now, or how much I've done in the past, I'm curvy. And so it can make me very nervous or hesitant about wearing certain things. And there's also the programming that I got as a kid um, and younger in life about um, if you <laughs> are dressed kind of nice, people are like, well, where are you going? Are your clothes dirty? You got to go to court today? What's going on? Why are you dressed so nice? And there's this programming of like, maybe I just wanted to look nice today. Like, why do I need a special occasion for that? So if you combine any feelings about how I am supposed to cover up a curvy body, along with what is appropriate to wear on a regular day, I've been really questioning that. So I literally got up today to take the kids to school and I tried to lay out my clothes the night before because it just makes my mornings a whole lot easier. And I'd actually taken out a dress that I had not worn in a very long time. This was actually a dress that I wore to a wedding many, many years ago. And it's... um. It's a it's a, a beautiful like coral colored kind of dress that I actually really liked. And I kept giving myself all these reasons why I couldn't wear it. And I was like, well, I'm actually going to wear it. One, I'm going to wear it because if I really don't like it and don't feel comfortable, then it needs to be donated and to find a home that it can be properly loved because it has not been worn nearly enough to get rid of it or throw it away. Um, but I'm going to wear it in a way that it feels good to me. And so if you know me, I love Converse. And so I happen to have a pair of Converse that has a color in it that kind of mirrors my dress. And so I wore this quote unquote dressy dress with my Converse. First of all, my daughter started out, oh, mommy, I like your dress. You look pretty. Hadn't even left the house yet. Right. And even before that, I put it on. and I was like, oh, this looks nice. I didn't look at myself and think, oh, my shoulders are too broad. My arms are too big. I just thought I look nice and I felt good in it. My daughter came in and also reflected that. We uh, got to school. I dropped them off. And the person that was there for before care was like, oh, I like that. 
and I got it happened again. And then I went to do regular old household stuff and go get milk and eggs. And I am literally walking down the aisle of the store and this person walks by and kind of like, just like a greeting, like, you know, hi, good morning. And then did a double take and was like, your dress is beautiful. It is 8.47 in the morning. And I (laughs) complimented multiple times. And I started by feeling good in my own skin. And I complimented myself. And I did it in a way that worked for me. So I wore my personality on the outside. And I felt good about how my body was. Not just how the clothes looked on me, but how I felt. And, 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 and I'm not overly heated because sweating is not fun and I'm not really here for it. <laughs> and, and I got to feel the sun on my skin. And to have a moment as a curvy black woman at 43 years of age to feel more comfortable and confident wearing something than I would have 10 years ago felt like a fucking win. Mm. Yeah, there's a lot to what you said there. Um thinking back and behavior modeling, right? And the decisions that you made in your wardrobe and your personal style and what you chose to leave your home in and allow yourself to be witnessed in. Um, I think of like, what messages did that send? What behaviors were you modeling? How were you influencing other people to do, be, think, et cetera, differently? Um, And one of the first things that came to mind when you started talking about this um, is something you and I have talked about before of like taking the plastic off of the sofa, Mm -hmm. right? So if you're not familiar with black culture, let me just take you there for a second. And a lot of older black people's homes and the living room, it's like really like the don't touch room. You don't sit down. You don't touch nothing. You don't even look at nothing. And oftentimes there's a very nice, beautiful sofa oftentimes in a lighter color. I've seen plenty of white ones Mm -hmm. and plastic is put on that to protect it and it never gets taken off. And so if you understand that concept, you know, taking you into that story of the sofa, I hear that you went into your closet and you pulled out this, what could be deemed as a special occasion dress and said, I'm going to wear it today. Today Mm -hmm. can be a special day. I got up. I have all my facilities. I am beautiful. I am upright. I am joyous. That is a special occasion. Oh, yes, to all of that. And also, like, bringing it back to some of my values, for me, what that also reminds me of is using what you have. You already have beautiful dresses and garments in the closet. So often we can look in our closet and say we don't have anything to wear. But that is reminding, like, for me, the behavior that I'm hearing from you is to use what I already have. There's so much there instead of looking for more. That really came up because I've been trying to find more dresses this year because I've been like, this is what I want to do more of this summer. And I was like, I have dresses. (laughs) (laughs) I'm out here looking for stuff and I have stuff. And so that was a conscious thought this morning of, I, I literally am giving the wrong message to the universe of, hey, show me some more dresses when I go in the store. No. It's like, girl, you already got dresses. I already did it. (laughs) Go get what you got. Go tap your closet. Right. The gratitude from that, the conscious consumption or lack of in that Mm -hmm. as well, um, and how that plays into capitalism. Correct. So the other thing that showed up on my radar um, was when you said 
you were literally wearing your personality on the outside. For me, it makes me think so much about a decision that I've made. Um, and it's one that I've made imperfectly. Um, and it started as like, I am not going to do this. You know how we make those decisions when we're fired up and angry. Yeah. <laughs> and it's evolved over time, as you said, you know, to where meeting ourselves where we're at today. Right now and today, um, my decision of I am not going to straighten my hair anymore, because what does that tell people that look like me about their hair? Mm-hmm. especially the little ones that may not know too many people that, you know, look like me and they may look similar. Um, but it's evolved into, well, actually, I am a very like creative and like very like diverse person inside. There's so many different worlds happening just in me, let alone in the outside world. Um, and so when I think about that, it went from I'm not going to do this to actually, I'm going to honor who I am. And I'm somebody who loves to experiment. I love to play. I love to explore. I used to be a professional makeup artist. So every day was a different makeup look. Why am I going to do something different when it comes to my hair? And so reminding myself that I have freedom to play. I don't have to play into the white supremacy culture image that I need to have light colored straight hair in order to be professional and acceptable. But I can do that if I choose to. And I can also do so many other things. And Erica, you've witnessed I've had everything from like fiery red braids to cornrows to, I mean, you name it, faux locks. I've I've been experimenting and experimenting. Yes. <laughs> and all of it looks good because you feel good in it. And that's what makes the difference. When you are choosing how you want to packageify and present yourself to the world and you had a say in that, that changes everything because it's not wearing you. That, that. Um, And also like there is a bit of piece of your personality, right? We all have different parts of who we are. So, you know, I realized uh, and more recently I've had, um, as this is being recorded, red braids. And I'm like, you know what? I feel like you know, showing up a little bit more. I feel like being more vocal and this hair seems to be matching like where I'm at right now. (laughs) Right. That part. And I think that that's important. And that's a big piece of, you know, really honoring the fact that behavior modeling is about modeling what your behavior is now, where you are, because none of us are static. And so there is that full space and permission that you can give yourself to model who and how you are right now. We're not uni, you know, unilateral. We're not one dimensional. And so if you are feeling fiery today, I need you to pull out the Charlie Baltimore red. And if you don't know who Charlie Baltimore is, you're going to have to Google it and figure Please it out. Do. Um, and, and you do that. If you feel like wearing your dress with your chucks, your converse, that's what you do. If you feel like putting on and this one is specifically for my women of color. If you feel like putting a lip color on that people are like, oh, that's bright. That's too much. Why are you wearing that? I need you to go put it on. Please. I need you to put it on and I need you to step fully because you can. What What is any of this if it's not all for play and for experimentation? Stop playing small 
waiting to play big. When the fuck does that happen? That. And so I think oftentimes when we talk about wardrobe or our personal image and identity, especially when it comes to like makeup and hair, you know, capitalism is real so we can attach it to going out and buying something. Mm -hmm. And yeah, maybe that is a part of it. But I don't want the message to be lost that the ability to experiment and play like that can be, you know, what convinces or influences someone in witnessing you do that to go let their personality be lived on the outside to break out the thing that makes them feel confident, but maybe they didn't have an occasion to wear it for. Oh, I'm gonna pause you. And the reason I'm going to pause you is because everything that you've mentioned, whether we're addressing clothes, accessories, makeup, any of those things. So often, yes, capitalism can tell you, you need to go buy something new. You need to acquire what you don't already have. And that typically comes from the fact that you have packed away what you already have. You have somehow put it in a box. You've put it at the top of your closet. You've put it on the bottom of, put on the bottom of a shelf. You have ignored what is there because you think it's not good enough you're not good enough for it, or this is not the appropriate time or place or setting for it. And so very often you actually have that lip color. You actually have that dress or that skirt or that top. And the reason I wanted to pause you is because so often all of these things that we think we don't have the permission to utilize it, it's because we don't have it. And it's because we are not viewing what we already have around us that we have received through the proper lens. And so pausing to actually pay attention to what you have to ask the true question, have I utilized you properly to live out loud? That needs to come first. Mm. See, now I feel like you're about to make me go in my closet (laughs) and grab out those clear heels from the bodybuilding days and be like, Can I pair this with some lingerie for my present time? Yes. (laughs) Yes, ma'am. I'm here for it. Do all of it. Because again, when it comes to our sexuality, that's something else that is often so compartmentalized. You only show it this way. You only give it to this person at this time in this particular setting. Nobody gets to police your body and what you do with it and when and how. But you, unless you give up your power. And we've all had times where we may have purposely or unintentionally given away our power, but we have the permission to reclaim it. And that is a powerful act of behavior modeling. Well, Erica, you have dropped the mic. I don't even know if there's anything to add. I feel like by the end of this episode, any of my bodybuilding family listening is probably going to be having some good times in their clear heels. Yes. And if my business family is going to be breaking out that fancy dress. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love all of it. And the funny part is, is like literally what we're talking about. We've literally, we've done that. We, you know, we're, we're defining what we're talking about. We're giving the examples. We're, we're giving the why. We're pausing. This is why this is so important. This is why it's so important. This is how conversations can go. This is the power of it. Well, I know every episode we have one action that we tell people or encourage them to take. 
So that they go from passive listening to actually creating some change in their life or the lives of others. Hmm, what do you feel called towards today? I want you to revisit an article of clothing, a hairstyle, a makeup item, even a even a scent that previously you gave yourself a story about it. I want you to take off that story, put it on the shelf next to you, literally or figuratively, whatever you need. And then I want you to actually try it on and see how you feel. And examine whether or not that story actually feels like the old one. So you can decide how you want to rewrite the story going forward. I so love this conversation with Erica. And, you know, if you didn't know, one of my personal values is experimentation. It's a part of how I'm designed. If you're into human design, I am a 3-5. We are the great experimenter. (laughs) I also really value leaving space for people's humanity. And part of that requires space to see where things go, see Like witness, where does the conversation take you? And so in full transparency, Eric and I were actually going to discuss some very like businessy pieces to behavior modeling. And yet in me honoring my own values and holding space for that, um, I realized that like this conversation went exactly where it needed to go. So stay tuned. We're going to be talking about some business pieces of behavior modeling on a future episode. And I hope you really enjoyed this one. It's a bit different than some of the things that we normally talk about here, but I know that identity is a big part of showing up in the world, being visible, deciding what is your brand, and also the identity that goes with that. And dare I say the identity of the human behind the brand. So I'm so glad that we were able to do this episode with you and keep listening for more. You can get more of Erica Corday over at the Pause and the Play podcast. One way to find that is to take the app that you are using to listen to this episode today, or if you happen to be reading the article, you want to do a quick search for Pause and the Play, and you'll find that podcast. And there is over 200 episodes of great stuff that Erica is talking about. And you'll also get to hear a bit more from me over at that podcast on some of the episodes as well. I can't wait to talk to you on the next episode. The Flaunt Your Fire podcast is brought to you by the wonderful brand that I co-founded, Pause on the Play. You can learn more about Pause on the Play's community, workshops, and implicit to explicit process over at pauseontheplay.com. Again, that's pauseontheplay.com. Ready to get clear on what matters? Let's do this. From implicit to explicit is a framework that helps you to get clear on what matters and how it informs the way you live and lead in your workplace. Whether it's focusing on the team building and connection that can happen when you talk about what matters to you as a person or how it informs the outcomes that you seek in your business, it can all completely change the game. Having clarity on what your values are and how this shapes the way your work 
creates the foundation for every action that you take. And then sharing this information across your team explicitly. This is what creates confidence and integrity in what it is that you are creating and sharing with the world. Visit pauseontheplay.com forward slash explicit to learn more about this collaborative and interactive workshop and sign up today. Ready to lead through your values?